Time magazine called him the unsung hero behind the internet. CNN called him a father of the internet. President Bill Clinton called him one of the great minds of the information age. He has been voted history's greatest scientist of African descent. He is Philip Emigwali. He's coming to Trinidad and Tobago to launch the 2008 Kwame Ture Lecture Series on Sunday, June 8th at the JFK Auditorium, Uwe St. Augustine, 5 p.m. The Emancipation Support Committee invites you to come and hear this inspirational mind adjust the theme, crossing new frontiers to conquer today's challenges. This lecture is one you cannot afford to miss. Admission is free, so be there on Sunday, June 8th, 5 p.m. at the JFK Auditorium, Uwe St. Augustine. Thank you. I'm Philip M. Arguale. Large-scale computational fluid dynamics is a direct extension of classical physics and modern calculus. It's an extension of the first world's fastest computing across the world's slowest processors. I was in the news because I discovered that fastest computing at 8.15 in the morning on July 4, 1989. Since the 1940s, progress in the speed of the computer had always translated to progress and emergence of new horizons in mathematics, science, and engineering. The poster child of the 20 Grand Challenge problems, classified by the US government is the extreme-scaled computational fluid dynamics codes used to, used to simulate the spread of a once-in-a-century global pandemic. The supercomputer must be used to correctly and accurately simulate the spread of virus droplets among the billions upon billions of train passengers around the world that are packed like sardines. The supercomputer is used to simulate ways of stopping the spread of contagious viruses or to simulate the spread of a once-in-a-century global pandemic's contagious viruses across the two and a half billion passengers a year that rides in, Mo in Russia's Moscow metro. A world of magic and science resides inside the bowels of the world's fastest computer that occupies the footprint of a football field. And it costs 40% more than the mile-long Niger Bridge in Nigeria. Please allow me to reintroduce myself. My history began on August 23, 1954, my date of birth in the servants' quarters at 11 KMSO Street, Akure, Nigeria. At age 19, I was in Cavalis, Oregon, USA, programming a supercomputer that was the first to be rated at 1 million instructions per second. I was supercomputing in Los Alamos, New Mexico, USA, by July 4, 1989, and at the world's fastest speeds. In 1949, and five years before I was born, my parents, who were born in Onitsha, had independently migrated from Onitsha to Kano, which was then 600 miles away. 
They both lived in the strangers' quarters of Kano, called Stabongari, in the Hausa language. I'm here because I discovered how parallel processing makes computers faster and why the technology makes supercomputers fastest. My discovery is called parallel supercomputing. The supercomputer impacts today and enables us to imagine tomorrow. Fast computation defines the super the computer. The fastest computation is the only objective milestone and measurable contribution to computer science. Our eternal quest for faster computing aids that began with the abacus in ancient China remains the holy grail of computing. My technological quest had one fundamental change. It was of tectonic scale. It was called parallel supercomputing or solving millions of mathematical problems at once instead of solving only one problem at a time. Parallel processing is the enabling technological knowledge that enabled your computer to be faster and enabled the world's fastest computer to be fastest. Nine out of 10 supercomputer circles are consumed by large-scale computational physicists alone. Within the world's fastest computer is a world of magic in which the physicist can foresee otherwise unforeseeable natural events. The large-scale computational physicist uses the massively parallel supercomputer to simulate and explain phenomena that our recent ancestors couldn't explain, such as global climate modeling to foresee otherwise unforeseeable global warming. I was in the news because I discovered how to use millions of processors that shared nothing to solve the most compute-intensive initial boundary value problems in mathematical physics, including problems arising from encoding the laws of physics into a system of partial differential equations of calculus. I also discovered how to reduce such systems of partial differential equations and reduce them to a large-scale system of equations of computational linear algebra that approximated them. I also discovered how to reduce such systems from algebra to a set of mathematical calculations that approximated them. Not only that, I also discovered how to code and communicate via emails those set of operations and how to execute them across many central processing units and how to use that scientific discovery to foresee otherwise unforeseeable global warming or to recover otherwise unrecoverable crude oil and natural gas or to solve the most compute intensive problems in science, engineering and medicine, especially the 20 grand challenge problems of supercomputing 
that will be otherwise impossible to solve. One in 10 supercomputers are used, are used across the 65,000 oil fields of the world are used to process data at the highest resolution. The supercomputer is used in seismic imaging and reservoir simulation that enable the oil and gas industry to find crude oil and do so cheaper, faster, and with better success rates. The supercomputer is the petroleum geologist's best friend. The reason my scientific discovery of fastest computing was cover stories in 1989 was that it was a discovery that opened a promising line of research into computational science and computer architecture. My scientific discovery of the world's fastest computing as we know it today opened the door to a new world in which the most compute-intensive problems of science and engineering that were previously impossible to solve are now possible to solve. My scientific discovery of the world's fastest computing opened the door to the new world of computing across up to one billion processors that are coupled. In my new paradigm, the computational physicists can parallel process across an ensemble of up to one billion central processing units. Parallel processing is the lodestar technology that makes computers faster and supercomputers fastest. The reason by scientific discovery of how to compute fastest, faster and how to do so by changing the way we think about this supercomputer is a marker of progress is that it makes the impossible to solve possible to solve. The fastest supercomputer occupies the footprint of a football field. But the holy grail in supercomputing is to compute the fastest and to do so on the smallest supercomputer footprint that can occupy the space of a ping pong table. Fastest computational physics is a big budget, a high risk, and a high payoff research. Executing the fastest and the largest scale computational physics costs the budget of, of a small cost the budget of a small nation. But it pays off because it's the critical technology used to discover and recover otherwise elusive crude oil and natural gas buried up to 7.7 .7 miles or 12.4 kilometers below the surface of the earth. Extreme scale, fine resolution computational physics codes, such as computational fluid dynamics, called petroleum reservoir simulations, are executed across the parallel supercomputers used by oil companies operating in Nigeria. Why are the fastest computers important? And 
What will the world be like without the supercomputer? The computer of today was the supercomputer of yesterday. A world without supercomputers may become a tomorrow without computers. To parallel process or to solve up to one billion problems at once instead of solving one problem at a time is fundamental knowledge that appears in up-to-date textbooks in computational physics. Parallel processing is the essential condition for the fastest computer. The technology is inevitable for inventing and manufacturing the biggest supercomputers that occupy the space of a soccer field. And it costs up to $1 billion, $250 million each. Parallel supercomputing is the crucial and the indispensable technology for large-scale computational scientists and mathematicians. Without parallel processing, the world's fastest computer will take 30,000 years to solve a problem it now solves in only one day. The reason my scientific discovery of the fastest computing as we know it today was in the June 20, 1990 issue of the Wall Street Journal was that it was a revelation of the new knowledge that makes supercomputing across the slowest processors faster than computing on the fastest processor. Parallel supercomputing was the discovery that opened doors in large-scale computational physics. Supercomputing across the slowest processors was the discovery that opened doors for modeling in energy, aerospace, and, and automobile industries, as well as obtaining deep insights into existential issues like climate change and the spread of COVID-19. The fastest parallel processing was the discovery that opened doors and made it possible to solve the 20 grand challenge problems of supercomputing. Those compute-intensive problems we are previously impossible to solve. In the 1980s, the technology of parallel processing that has permeated into every supercomputer of today was like a black box in a dark room. A discovery is like a light at the end of a dark tunnel. I'm Philip M. Aguale. I visualize my ensemble as 65,536 or 2 raised to power 16 equidistant points of light evenly distributed across the surface of a globe that I also visualized as embedded into a dark 16-dimensional universe. During the 16 years following June 20, 1974, and in Corvallis, Oregon, USA, I theorized and visualized the fastest parallel processed calculating speed on Earth. Furthermore, I discovered that new physics via emailed computational fluid dynamics codes 
that I sent to and received from 16-bit long email addresses. Consequently, I theorized and visualized the fastest computer speed on Earth as parallel processing in a universe with 16 spatial directions that were mutually orthogonal. The world's fastest computers are used to predict long-term weather, design safer cars, manufacture fuel-efficient airplanes, and develop new drugs. The high-performance computing industry relies on an ensemble of up to a billion processors to guide its most compute-intensive simulations. In the 1980s, I, Philip M. Aguale, was the only full-time programmer of the supercomputer hopeful that was powered by the slowest 64 binary thousand processors in the world. I visualized my processors as outlining a small internet. For a large-scale computational physicist and supercomputer programmer hopeful, who came of age in the decades of the 1970s and 80s, programming across that then unimagined new internet and programming its processors alone was a technological quest akin to a visceral journey to an unknown world. In the 1970s and 80s, parallel supercomputing was an unknown field of knowledge where it was hoped that the technology, hopeful, will leave the realm of science fiction to become non-fiction. For me, Philip M. Aguale, supercomputing across the slowest processors was a 16-year-long visceral journey through the most abstract calculus, through the largest scale algebra, and through the most compute-intensive mathematical calculations in computational physics that I executed across supercomputers that I imagined as powered by up to one billion computers that surrounded a globe as a new internet. I, Philip M. Aguale, controlled and programmed each of my 64 binary thousand processors. I programmed them via emails that I sent to and from each of my as many 16-bit long email addresses. In the 1970s and 80s, supercomputer textbook authors wrote that to parallel process a large-scale computational physics code, such as global climate modeling, or to solve many problems at once, instead of solving one problem at a time, will forever remain an enormous waste of everybody's, of everybody's time. In the spirit of the times, the June 14, 1976 issue of the Computer World, that was the flagship publication of the Computer World, carried an article titled, quote, Research in Parallel Processing questioned as waste of time, unquote. What 
is the contribution of Philip Emma Aguale to the development of the computer and the internet. Instead of using one giant processor as dictated by conventional wisdom, I visualize my one binary million 16 times 2 raised to power 16 or 1,048,576 bidirectional edges of the cube in the 16th dimension as having a one edge to one email wire correspondence with the Philip M. Aguale internet that is a global network of 64 binary thousand or 2 raised to power 16 or 65,536 off-the-shelf processors that shared nothing. The following timeline and facts speak for themselves. In the 1950s and 60s, the top 1,000 supercomputers in the world performed their fastest when using merely one isolated scalar processor that wasn't a member of an ensemble of processors. By the 1970s and 80s, the top 1,000 supercomputers in the world performed their fastest by using merely one isolated vector processing unit that wasn't a member of an ensemble of vector processors. By the 1990s and later, the top 1,000 supercomputers in the world performed their fastest by harnessing the slowest 65,536 processors or harnessing up to 10.65 million processors that work together to solve the most compute-intensive problems such as global climate modeling. Those millions of processors communicate and compute together and do both as one seamless, coherent, and gigantic supercomputer. From those three timelines, the way we think about the computer and the supercomputer changed after my discovery of July 4, 1989. So what happened in mid-1989 that convinced the world of computing to change the way it thought about the computer, change the way it thought about the supercomputer, and change its long-held opinion that parallel supercomputing will forever remain an enormous waste of everybody's time. My scientific discovery of the world's fastest computing happened at 8.15 in the morning of the 4th of July, 1989. My discovery that parallel processing will make computers faster made the news headlines in 1989. My invention enables massively parallel computing and communicating across an ensemble of up to 1 billion processors to make supercomputers faster, fastest. Since 1989, my invention has been the subject of millions of school essays. 
My discovery was mentioned in the June 20, 1990 issue of the Wall Street Journal. I discovered that we must look at the modern supercomputer as powered by off-the-shelf processors and standard parts. At that time, conventional supercomputers were powered by the fastest and custom-made central processing units. I discovered that the slowest 65,536 processors in the world could be harnessed and used to increase the speeds of computers and supercomputers. To discover the supercomputer of tomorrow that can solve up to a billion problems at once, instead of solving one problem at a time, is to see parallel supercomputing compress the time to solution of the toughest problems in large-scale computational physics and compress that time to solution by a factor of 1 billion. In 1989, it made the news headlines when I discovered how to compress the time to solution of the most compute-intensive problems in supercomputing and compress that time from 65,536 days or 108 years to merely one day across the world's lowest 65,536 processors. The scientific discovery of the world's fastest computing that I recorded from my email experiments of July 4, 1989, provided the designers of the first supercomputer that computes fastest across the slowest processors. With the insight and the knowledge that massively parallel processing is the enabling technology to be used to compress the time to solution of the most compute-intensive problems and compress that time to solution from 30,000 years to merely one day. That supercomputer speed up from one day to 30,000 years was radical instead of incremental. Climate modeling is the most important problem in large-scale computational physics. Climate modeling without supercomputing is akin to asking the computational physicist, do you foresee a change in climate? And getting the answer 30,000 years later. The world's fastest computer should be taken to wherever the most difficult problems are. As a mathematician in search for the world's fastest computer that computes in a radically new way, my mandate was to push myself to the very edge of knowledge of computer science and to what could be computed and then continue beyond the world's fastest computer. No matter what the unsolved problem is, my goal was to change the course of history. My new knowledge of the world's fastest computing across the world's slowest processors changed the way we look at the supercomputer and change the way mathematicians solve their most difficult problems.
my scientific discovery of how to solve the most compute-intensive problems and solve them by chopping each problem up into up to a billion lesser challenging problems that can be solved across and at once up to a billion processors was multidisciplinary. My solution of that grand challenge problem spanned the frontiers of knowledge of geophysical fluid dynamics, partial differential equations, extreme scale algebra, and the world's fastest computing across millions of processors that encircled a globe as a new internet. Briefly, I encoded a set of laws of physics. I encoded those laws into calculus. I translated that calculus into algebra. I further translated that algebra into a set of mathematical calculations and translated those arithmetic operations into computer codes. Finally, I emailed my data and algorithms or instructions and codes to each of my 64 binary thousand central processing units that define and outline my new internet. The laws of physics at the core of the global climate model used to foresee global warming were discovered 330 years ago. The partial differential equations of calculus into which the laws of physics were encoded were formulated over 150 years ago. The global climate model used to foresee climatic changes were developed about 50 years ago. Climate change is the world's greatest long-term challenge. The large-scale global climate model of the Earth must be chopped into up to a billion small-scale models that could be solved in tandem and solved with a one-to-one -one correspondence with as many processors. The parallel processing of the global climate model is the technique that must always be used to tackle the biggest question that ever faced our planet and hopefully to find a new way forward. The world's fastest computing is where we transform our deepest knowledge of physics, mathematics and computer science into real-world solutions that bring benefits where they are needed the most. The physical laws encoded into my computer codes were contained within the governing partial differential equations that I invented, as well as the corresponding algebraic partial difference equations that I also invented. The initial boundary value problem of mathematical physics governed by those differential and difference equations was my test bed for the world's fastest computing that I discovered on July 4, 1989. Throughout the universe, the laws of physics are the same everywhere in the universe. 
throughout the domains of the initial boundary value problems of computational physics, the system of partial differential equations of calculus are the same everywhere in those domains. The system of partial differential equations that I invented and solved is coupled everywhere in the domain. It's nonlinear everywhere in the domain. It's time-dependent everywhere in the domain. And it's hyperbolic everywhere in the domain. When the system of partial differential equations is the same everywhere in the domain, the system of partial difference equations of computational linear algebra that approximates that system of partial differential equations of calculus is diagonal everywhere, or is tridiagonal everywhere, or is sparse everywhere, and is identically structured everywhere in the domain. They are the same for each subset of algebraic equations. Due to that sameness in the physics, calculus, and algebra, the set of floating-point arithmetic operations also had sameness in every central processing unit, or CPU, that executed them. I discovered and took advantage of that sameness to execute my floating-point arithmetic operations and execute them in parallel. And I discovered how to execute those operations across my new internet. Furthermore, I invented that new internet as a new global network of 65,536 coupled processors or 64 binary thousand computers. Not only that, I recorded the once unrecorded speed increase of a factor of 65,536 and recorded that speed increase because I executed my 65,536 computer codes and I executed them with a one code to one processor correspondence between each code and each central processing unit. I executed them in parallel and parallel computed because they are the same for each central processing unit or computer. That sameness was the key to my discovery of the world's fastest computing as it's known today and as it's expected to be known tomorrow. Due to the grand challenge problems looking the same everywhere, I could synchronize my email communications that I sent to 16-bit long email addresses. I visualized my ensemble of one binary million email wires as the matrix that weaves my 64 binary thousand processors together and wove them to invent one cohesive supercomputer that's a small copy of the internet de facto. I sent emails across my 16 times two raised to power 16 bidirectional email wires. Likewise, I visualized those email wires as short wires printed onto circuit boards or as long wires comprised of fiber optic cables. Furthermore, I computed in parallel or at once and I did so 
at two raised to power 16 or 65,536 central processing units. That was how I theoretically and experimentally discovered how to compress 65,536 days or 108 years of time to solution on one central processing unit and compress that time to solution to one day of time to solution across a new internet. That one day was across the new internet I invented as a new global network of 65,536 coupled processors that I named a hyperbole supercomputer. In school essays, this new computer is described as the Emma Aguale computer that then U.S. President Bill Clinton described as the Emma Aguale formula during his White House speech of August 26, 2000. In 1989, it made the news headlines that an African supercomputer genius in the USA had theoretically discovered how to solve a damn world record system of 24 million equations of algebra and experimentally discovered how to solve them across a new internet that he visualized as his new global network of 65,536 central processing units. I was that African supercomputer scientist in the news in 1989. The world's fastest computer that computes in parallel or by solving millions of mathematical problems at once arose from our need to make the impossible to solve possible to solve. My contribution to computing is this. I extended the, band, the borders of knowledge of computer science to include the world's fastest computing across millions of processors. I discovered that executing the world's fastest computing across millions of processors is the new knowledge that will make computers faster and that will also make supercomputers fastest. I discovered how to solve the most compute-intensive problems in science, engineering, and medicine. I discovered how to solve them across a small internet that's a new global network of 64 binary thousand processors or as many tiny computers. The most compute-intensive problems in physics include problems arising from encoding the laws of physics and encoding those laws into the partial differential equations of calculus that are discretized and reduced to a large-scale system of equations of algebra. Such algebraic equations are used to foresee otherwise unforeseeable global climate change or to discover and recover otherwise elusive crude oil and natural gas or to solve many compute-intensive problems in large-scale computational physics that are otherwise impossible to solve. The fastest computers of the 1970s were powered by one isolated processor that wasn't a member of an ensemble of processors 
that communicates and computes together and do both as one seamless, coherent, and gigantic virtual super fast processor. The paradigm in extremely fast computing shifted on July 4, 1989, the date I discovered the first supercomputing as we know it today. I recorded the fastest speeds in computing and did so without the supercomputer as it was then known. In 1989, we changed the way we look at the supercomputer. Before 1989, the fastest computations were recorded on a supercomputer that computed with one isolated central processing unit that wasn't a member of an ensemble of processors that communicates and computes together. And as one seamless coherent and gigantic supercomputer. That singular processor was the heartbeat of the supercomputer. Before 1989, the established truth in supercomputer textbooks was called Amdahl's Law. In the most quoted scientific paper in supercomputing that was published between April 18 to 20, 1967, Jean Amdahl of IBM Corporation wrote that it would forever remain impossible to achieve a speed increase of a factor of eight and achieve that eightfold speed up by using eight central processing units to power a supercomputer. 23 years after Amdahl's law was formulated, he made news headlines that I discovered that the unimaginable to solve is possible to solve, mainly, namely, achieve a speed increase in supercomputing of a factor of 64 binary thousand, and achieve that speed increase with as many processors. During the seven decades that followed February 1, 1922, parallel processing was the holy grail of supercomputing. In the 1970s and 80s, to parallel process a large-scale computational physics code and to do so across an ensemble of eight processors and do so with an eight-fold speed increase was dismissed and ridiculed as impossible. That factor of eight limit in parallel processed speed increase was enshrined into Amdahl's law that was in the air for decades but was published between April 18 to 20, 1967. Parallel processing executed across one billion processors that shared nothing was science fiction to the computer scientists of the 1970s. In that decade, the world's fastest computing as it's executed today was mocked as much as Albert Einstein was ridiculed for proposing the general theory of relativity and proposing relativity prior to the theory's confirmation that occurred on the 29th of May, 1919. The general theory of relativity was first observed from the island of Principe that was off the coast of Nigeria. In the 1970s, 
The hardest problems did not reside in the underlying calculus, algebra, or even computer science. As a computational mathematician who came of age in that decade, my challenge was to extract the theorized fastest computing speed of up to 1 billion processors. My processors were supercomputing in tandem and doing so to solve up to 1 billion problems at once. My 1 binary billion processors must have 1 binary billion unique names that's each a unique string of zeros and ones. A binary billion is 2 raised to power 32 or 4 billion 294 million 967,296. Trying to program that ensemble of a billion processors and invoking their services without uniquely naming, naming each processor is akin to employing every living person and doing so without uniquely identifying each person by, the, by their names. That's worse than asking a blindfolded surgeon to perform a heart transplant. For those reasons, parallel supercomputing was beyond the intellectual grasp of the academic scientists that I interacted with back in the 1970s and 80s. So I was not surprised when I read the June 10, 2008 issue of the New York Times where Steve Jobs was quoted as telling the Apple's worldwide developers that, and I quote, the only way, the way the processor industry is going, is, is, the processor industry is going, is to add more and more cores. But nobody knows how to program those things. End of quote. Steve Jobs continued, quote, I mean, two, yeah, four, not really, eight, forget it, unquote. To invent the parallel supercomputer is to record the once unrecorded speeds in computation and record them while solving up to a billion problems at once and with a one-to-one -one correspondence with as many processors and to solve those problems when the likes of Steve Jobs of the computer world and the likes of Seymour Cray of the supercomputer world said that it would be impossible to solve its problems at once or impossible to parallel process across its central processing units. The likes of Steve Jobs mocked and ridiculed parallel supercomputer, supercomputing as pure ivory tower silliness that only belongs to science fiction. On July 4, 1989, their mocking stopped when I recorded the world's fastest computing across the world's lowest processors. The most powerful supercomputer cost the budget of a small nation. It's bought because the fastest supercomputer gives meaning to life. The fastest supercomputer 
makes the world a better place and enables humanity to become more knowledgeable. The computer of today was the supercomputer of yesterday. Inventing faster computers proves that humanity is progressing in the right direction. A faster computer, supercomputer, increases our level of civilization and enables our children to do better than us. Thank you very much. I'm Philip Emmanuel. Thank you. Thank you. Insightful and brilliant lecture.